Hey gang, welcome to episode 8 of No Proscenium, the podcast about immersive and interactive theater and its ilk. I'm Noah Nelson, founder of this here podcast and the newsletter of the same name. We've got a short show this week, and it involves a little bit of setup. But first, the news. In LA, there's still time to score tickets to the Speakeasy Society's The Stronger. This is one of my favorite pieces. It's just 20 minutes long, meant for one person, and it only costs 12 bucks. Think of it as an immersive theater cocktail. Creators might want to take a gander at the Future of Storytelling Prize. Future of Storytelling is an event each October in New York that gathers up all kinds of creative souls from theater to cinema and advertising, and the top prize is a cool $10,000. There is an application fee, so uh, this isn't necessarily for everybody, but uh, you might, you know, if you got work that you think might be suited to this sort of thing, uh, check it out uh, and, and check out Faust. Uh, tickets to the actual event are really pricey, but there are some fellowships they often do and whatnot, so there, there's ways to get in there, and, uh, and, and there's a lot of interesting folks who show up to that thing. Um, while I'm talking about New York, uh, there's still time to catch Together We Are Making a Poem in Honor of Life this weekend. Uh, check the last episode of the podcast to hear an interview with director uh, Michael Tara Garver uh, with our New York coordinator, Zay Amsbury. Uh, also in New York, Broken City Harlem starts up this weekend. Everyone, no matter where you're listening to this, should sign up for the alerts for when La Jolla Playhouse's Without Walls Festival tickets go on sale. Uh, this is sort of a, a biannual, immersive, and site-specific theater festival that happens in San Diego. Uh, it's one of the premier events on the scene. Uh, I'm excited that it's back this year, and if you sign up for the alerts, uh, you find out the second tickets go on sale. Uh, you don't even have to wait for the newsletter to tell you that they're up. Uh, our newsletter. Uh, just, just do this. Do it. Uh, finally, the Hollywood Fringe is wrapping up this weekend, so it's your last chance to see Hamlet Mobile, the immersive production of Hamlet in a van that's being produced for free uh, on the streets of Hollywood as part of the festival. And Hamlet Mobile is actually the subject of today's show. So here's the part where I completely wing it and set up the interview. Um, what you're about to hear is an interview with uh, the ladies of Capital W. That's uh, Monica Miklas and Lauren Ludwig, who are just, one, they're great. Uh, I've known them for a few years. Uh, they're, they're the producers of Lost Moon Radio, which is this really fun uh, theater radio show that has been at the fringe and other parts of LA uh, for, for like five years now, uh, maybe even longer. And uh, this year that show took a, a by year from the fringe and Lauren and Monica uh, had this idea. They wanted to do an immersive show. Uh, they went through a couple of different iterations of the idea and landed on Hamlet mobile, getting a van, getting four actors and doing a series of interlocking but independent plays that are lifted both structurally and thematically from Hamlet. Um, I've seen seven of these things so far, and if I'm lucky, I'm going to get a chance to see the final one in, that I haven't seen yet tonight. Two of them are street theater performances. 
um, that they aren't necessarily immersive uh, in in really any sense of the word. Those two aren't. Uh, but the others are this fascinating group of and oh, and that's not to say those two pieces aren't good. Those pe- those two pieces are are good, and indeed the, the one of them is is so fantastic. Um, the others are a collection of immersive and interactive pieces um, that are just, they're just magical. Um, I, I, I don't want to spoil too much about it because I do believe that we're going to get a remount out of it. But what's truly fascinating about what they've done is each piece stands on its own. They've distilled the theme that they're chasing in any given scene so you don't need to see the rest of them to thoroughly enjoy a single piece of Hamlet Mobile, a single serving, if you will. But every time you see another piece, a broader picture starts to emerge. And it's not just of the Hamlet that we know and love or, or loathe, for those of you who, who hate Hamlet, uh, it's about this troupe called the Moving Shadow and their fraught relationship with their deceased founder, Marlon Pine. Uh, this is an example of what's known as uh, additive comprehension in storytelling. Uh, and it's one of the best versions of that I've seen um, or I've got a chance to experience because of the fact that you don't need to see more than one piece to enjoy what's going on. But if you do, a, a broader world emerges and um, you just get excited. But, you know, you, you're not really necessarily locked out uh, with the, the exception of maybe uh, the culminating piece uh, called uh, An Orgy of Ashes and Blood, uh, which you know, really plays into that storyline, but is staged in such a way that I think even people who don't know that the bigger story uh, we'll wind up enjoying it because, uh, you know, the cast is just phenomenal. Um, they're, they're, I could just gush for a while. I'm going to stop gushing because uh, you don't want to hear that anymore. Uh, and this has been literally the longest intro we've ever done. But we've only got 10 minutes of interview and uh, you would have no context otherwise. So here we go. Uh, here comes uh, the ladies behind Hamlet Mobile. And uh, if it's Friday or Saturday or Sunday and you're in L.A., oh, my God, go race out and catch it. Uh, this is a sort of a quick episode of uh, the podcast here because we are between sets, <laughs> sets really, here at Hamlet Mobile at the Hollywood Fringe. Uh, and I'll let you two introduce yourselves. It'll be efficient that way. Hi, I am Lauren Ludwig, and I am the writer and director of Hamlet Mobile. I'm Monica Miklas. I'm the producer of Hamlet Mobile. So I'll I'll go ahead and describe Hamlet Mobile uh, in the the setup to this, so we can just kind of jump into the meat here. Sure. Um, why Hamlet in a van? What a good question. <laughs> well, um, Monica and I have been thinking about doing an immersive Hamlet for a while. Um, it's a play we both loved. Obviously, it's yep. one of the best plays ever written. Uh, it's an understatement. Um, and a couple of things combined to get us excited about this. Um, one was the play. Two was doing a more immersive, non-traditional piece. Three was um, 
doing something that could only happen at the Fringe Festival, making more interesting use of the Fringe Festival than some of the other plays we've seen here. Um, there's a lot of great stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that you could see kind of any time of year. We want to do something that took advantage of the sort of different crowds of people just milling around with time to kill. Um, so we came up with this pop-up style event that was mobile. Um, and then the last thing was a friend of ours bought a van. And so I think I just kind of had vans on my mind. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, one day I woke up and they had all combined into Hamlet Mobile. This is a, a big experiment for you guys. I mean, I'm familiar with you from doing a, a show for years now, uh, Lost Moon Radio, which which changes every time you do it. So you've got right. that part of, of in your DNA. But this is, I mean, this has a lot of interesting challenges. Uh, what is what has been the stuff that's kind of stood out to you as your big learning curve here? Yeah, the logistics of doing a show in a vehicle are challenging significant yeah they're and of course very different than doing a show in a building uh we have to find parking we have to find parking in places that are amenable to the hamlet mobile and people coming in and out of the van so that's a daily challenge uh and then so hamlet mobile is eight different pieces devised pieces inspired by and using the language of hamlet and they all have slightly different needs. Yeah. And on top of that, with eight small pieces, we didn't know how to ticket the show. Yeah, that was a real thought process. Yeah. And so we decided in the end to make everything donation-based, pay what you can, yeah. um, and perform for tips so that we eliminated tickets. But we also don't have reserved time slots because we're a pop-up. Yeah. And that's had a whole series of challenges with it. It's true. Now the other, the creative challenges of getting people doing shows in a van, those have yeah. all been really positive. That's yes. part of why we did it. Um, it's because it was just like a super fun limitation to work within. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a really fun space to transform into something special. So that part of the challenge I think has been only joyful really. Yeah. A, a certain amount of structure can actually be quite freeing because it eliminates whole, whole series of decisions that you usually make with a show. True. We didn't even have the option to make them. And that put more creative focus on the things we could control. And yeah. that's been really exciting. It has been, yeah. I mean, and something I want to make clear for folks, though, is that just because you're in the van, it doesn't mean that there's any lack of production value here. I mean, this thing is is really well set decorated. And, like, I've been lucky. I think this is my fifth or sixth show. Today will be my sixth show mm -hmm. uh, of the of the eight and I'm I'm still only now picking up on little details. And like mm. because I've never sat where I'm sitting right now, I, I picked up on something like there's there's something hanging on the wall over there. I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody. Um but uh that that's I you know that either. Yeah. Oh you wanna know <laughs> not yeah. Yeah, Monica's like in we in the van who are here all the time, we're still being amazed by our production designer, um Shing um Kaur. She just did this incredible almost cabinet of curiosity style yes. design that were just amazing. That's like amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it tells, it tells both the story of Hamlet and this, this, uh, meta tale that you've got going on about this uh, theater company who's who's doing a show called Hamlet Mobile. So right. talk, if you could, a little bit about the idea of, of, a, of a meta take. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, the uh, in case Hamlet in a van wasn't high concept enough, we've added a sort of meta construction around the piece that basically the actors that you see doing the piece, they are a pre-existing company called The Moving Shadow 
whose auteur founder has died about six months ago. And so they're performing Hamlet to process through their grief about mm-hmm. his death. And part of the reason we were drawn to that is one I just love, like, you know, Matryoshka doll style shows of, like, realities within realities. But two, um, we got really obsessed with Hamlet um, in terms of its take on grief, and it as an exploration of grief. Um, Monica said this really lovely thing about it early on in the process that Hamlet is the story of a family disintegrating. Mm-hmm. A family? Did I say family? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy I said that. <laughs> I'm like so obsessed with Hamlet. I'm turning everything into. Yeah, Hamlet is the story of a family disintegrating. I think that's a really beautiful sentence, and I feel like that was a way in for us was this idea of this family of the theater company disintegrating. Yes. And everybody dealing with their grief. Yeah. And what I've started telling audience members as they, so we have a, a zine that we made that explains some of that mythology. Um, but there's still a lot of questions people have after they read it. We try to get them to read it before the show. And if they ask questions that I think will be revealed by watching the show, I tell them, well, in Hamlet, there's the play within the play. And in Hamlet Mobile, Hamlet is the play within the play. Yeah, I think that's really great. I yeah. didn't know you were saying that. Yeah. yeah, I like shows that have a like dramaturgy that you're forced to do before you go. Like, <laughs> like this back, the reading is required. That's so funny and interesting to me. Yeah. I, I just feel like in general, I like stuff that you have to meet it in the middle. That yeah. You can't sit back and wait. Yeah. Yes. At the same time, though, like I feel that each of the pieces is completely standing on its own, right? Yeah. Like Yeah, that was the goal. You, you, the one I saw last night, um, uh, advice, advice from dad, advice from dad. Mm-hmm. um, you know, that one, that one was super self-contained, mm-hmm. yes. um, doesn't even really necessarily touch on, on the mythology today. The one I just saw, uh, girl with flowers, uh, straddles both worlds, uh, but in this super, super efficient way in that, um, you, you're not, you don't get lost. That's great. Right. It's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, that was the goal, um, was that they all stood alone, but that when you watch all eight, you get this collage that gives you, covers almost the whole play of Hamlet. Yeah. Obviously not every detail. We had to cut some major things, but you get a huge span of the timeline of the play and you get a portrait of this theater company. You see all of them. Is, this, is that structure and is that, uh, that level... Of, uh, of of kind of atomic nature mixed with the the, the overarching uh, story is that something you found working through the rehearsal process or was it something you found on the page uh, as you were doing the, the, the editing the text because you are working through things one you're trying to give the complete sense of Hamlet as a show and then at the same time you are working with your mythology and and kind of you know, working in a way that it becomes additive. And that sort of additive storytelling, I think is something that a lot of people have problems with because we're just, there's, it's not that nowhere in America or Europe teaches that, but there's very few places where people have done the work of trying to figure out how to do this kind of additive storytelling. Mm, I I wonder if, I hadn't thought of it until now, but I actually wonder how much, I mean, Lauren wrote the piece. How much your experience in Lost Moon Radio has impacted your ability to tell stories in that way? It's a good question. Because Lost Moon, the pieces don't typically revolve around a theme. Right. So they're all very different. They're not, they don't need to go together, but they are centered around, is a collage, and there's a central theme. Truth be told, um, 
I actually think I was drawn to Lost in Radio because I already was drawn to that kind of work. Ah. So I actually, I don't even know how much of this you know, Monica, but well, so to answer all the questions, one is we found, we found the um, thing of the meta conceit of the theater company in the rehearsal room. Um, and it felt really right. Uh, in terms of the collage nature of it, I've been drawn to that since um, college. I was a huge fan of Chuck Mee's work. Um, and the city company stuff. Um, and I did a couple of pieces when I did theater in Chicago before moving to LA about seven or eight years ago. I did a bunch of pieces in Chicago. One of them was an adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's Welcome to the Monkey House, which is a series mm -hmm. of short stories. Um, and then another, and that was actually site-specific work in, in this Chinatown warehouse. And then the other piece uh, that I did was an, a sort of exploration of the life um, of Charlie Chaplin that was told through a vaudeville structure, which again is singular pieces. So I actually feel very I just love that I love collections of short moments short works and I thought with this one the added challenge which I've never had was that they all had to stand alone that was the new escalation of the form I think for me we said we'd have 10 minutes uh I'm gonna ask one last question uh <laughs> sure. we know this is here for the run of the fringe uh is there a life after death for Hamlet Mobile certainly uh we're trying to figure out the logistics and schedule of that right now um, we certainly want to do an extension in LA uh, and in different neighborhoods, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and we're also looking at taking the piece to other festivals, other cities. Um, yeah, you know anybody that has a, a van we could buy? This is a rental. Yeah, we're going to have to buy a van. <laughs> yeah. But much like, much like Hamlet's ghost dad, father, we will be stonking the battlements of Los Angeles. Yes. Shouting, remember me. Yeah. Did you guys like that? <laughs> <laughs> really Perfect place to end. All right. Uh, if you get this, uh, you're listening to this while the fringe is still going on, uh, look for the van, guys. Look for the van. Uh, that's it. That's the show this week. Uh, here's the rest of what you need to know. Uh, to find, to track that Hamlet Mobile, follow at Hamlet Mobile on Twitter. Or if you don't have Twitter, just go to twitter.com slash Hamlet Mobile. Uh, they're going to have that Twitter handle forever. So if they show up at other fringe festivals, they remount, etc., that's the place to watch. Uh, you can find No Persinium on Twitter if you don't follow us there already, at No Persinium. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for No Persinium. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletter, nopersinium.com. Uh, remember the newsletters in L.A., New York, and San Francisco. L.A. and New York went this week. San Francisco goes next week. Uh, San Francisco goes once a month. The other are every other week. Um, you can find us on Medium where we post reviews and uh, the occasional essay, medium.com slash no-persinium. Um, we love your feedback. Uh, you can uh, please send us your tips and your hints and everything else. Let us know when there are shows happening. Uh, you can reach us any of those ways or via our account, no underscore persinium at outlook.com. I'm doing that one from memory. Uh, there will be a link somewhere, just in case I'm wrong. Um, this show that you're listening to, it's made possible by our generous backers on Patreon. Uh, there's a, a little more than a dozen of you. Uh, we get um, uh, enough to cover the fees for hosting and a little bit more every month. And, uh, you know, we are just $10 away. We've been $10 away for, like, a month and a half. I'm going to have to, like, mount an actual campaign here. But we're $10 away from our next big goal, uh, which means that we get, like, a, a decent microphone. I'm talking into a laptop right now. Maybe you don't care about audio quality. Uh, it's not worth it to you. But 
literally a, a dollar a month from 10 people and uh, this podcast is going to sound way better. Next week, the number one fan of immersive theater here in LA, Brent Bushnell of 2-Bit Circus. Uh, he's on the podcast. We talk about what gets him excited about immersive entertainment and the future of the form. Uh, we get nerdy. We get technical. Uh, we talk business. We also have a lot of fun. You're going to want to tune in for that one. Until then, I'm Noah Nelson for No Presidium, and I'll see you at the show.